0: We are back. I must say that I really did very much enjoy that chat with Pope Brock about uh, the immortal goat gland Brinkley, a pioneer of sorts in treating erectile dysfunction and quite the radio personality. Hmm. who does this remind you of? Actually, I better not take that comparison very far because yours truly is not engaged in quackery and treatment of erectile dysfunction. We do the real thing with real medicines and we're going to talk about that in this segment. Joining me now to conduct that discussion is Jason Sal. Jason is the uh, the main injector and all round factotum at Doctors Clinic for Men. Has been so for the past several years, and it's my pleasure to say welcome to Radio Parallax, Jason.
1: Thanks a lot, Doug. Thanks for having me.
0: I don't think we can escape mentioning the fact that uh, this whole field, up until very recently, has just been you know the realm of the quack.
1: Yeah, it's true. There's a lot of misinformation that's out there, especially with the internet and and people self-diagnosing themselves.
0: Yeah, let's talk about the fact that, you know, a lot of guys, this is a very delicate subject. Guys don't want to talk about it, that's for sure. So they don't. So they look for a a quick solution. A lot of times they'll go into your local liquor store or a sex shop, I guess for a better word, where they've got various pills and purchase something there. We should probably talk about these things. They're not always useless, but they're not very good medicines, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the the title supplement, I think, is used real loosely with these uh, supposed medications that are out there. You know, a lot of them have naturally occurring vasodilators in them, which are the same sort of ingredients that are in Viagra, Cialis, things like that. But when people use them uh, or use those supplements... Um, a lot of times they they don't get the same responses they would get out of a Viagra or something like that, and then also they can interfere with the medications they're taking too, and they're not re- they don't realize that.
0: You know, I like to think it wasn't that long ago, but in fact it was three decades ago when yours truly was a resident and we're going around with the urologist doing a rotation where we were. I was following him around as he was seeing all the patients. ED came up a lot, and uh, at that time the word I got was that well this this product Yohimbine, that's something that may may have. Uh, may have some application and if you buy something under in a liquor store chances are that's what's in it uh not a completely useless drug but but not a good drug that's for damn sure
1: yeah yeah absolutely i mean there's other components that are out there too like uh horny goat weed is another <laughs> big one and and uh ma huang exactly exactly i mean i would imagine if you if you combined all those uh supplements together you know, you may get you know a, a small percentage of what you get from a from an actual you know medication that's for ED. Um, a lot of times, guys get a lot of uh, pretty nasty side effects also from these medic you know these supplements. Swimmy headedness, um, almost like a caffeine kind of a jitteriness, and then they don't really get the, the response that they're looking for in the first place.
0: Yeah, what I'm talking about was now back in the 80s. We didn't have anything. They were talking up Yohimbe never really panned out, um, and we really, honest to God, didn't have anything until a product hit the market in 1996. This was Caverject. It was the first medicine out there that reliably would give a man an erection, and this was this was quite a game changer.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you know, you you think about it, you know, nothing, and then all of a sudden, overnight, you know, there was something for men. The only, the only unfortunate thing is it's a marketing nightmare. Uh, back then for these guys and also now you know how do you how do you market a uh, a medication like that and, and tell them <laughs> it's going to change their lives but there's one little caveat to that you, know, you got to put a, a needle in your penis
0: yeah not a big selling point no. but nevertheless when there was nothing else available and I, and I, I got involved with this with uh, doc, Dr. Bill Boris who works in our clinic from time to time he got me involved back in 96 and they went through a very elaborate process of giving very conservative test doses, seeing what it would do, build up from that, and then eventually they would turn a guy loose with his medication to see um, to see how it would work. Uh, we used to tell everybody back then, this is it, guys. I mean, a pill may be around the corner, but this is it. And so people, you know, they had no choice but to put up with it for at least a couple of years.
1: Yeah, it's it's still with us now. I mean, there's still a, a lot of the population that use um, there There's better injectables that are out in the market now also. Um, there's BiMix, there's TriMix, there's QuadMix. Um, as the name suggests, each one of those has more components to them. And there's some there's some really astounding things you can do with those medications now, especially if the injectables didn't work for a patient before. They, they could possibly work for them now.
0: And Jason, actually, it astounds me a bit to contemplate the fact that a lot of people listening right now... Uh, are gonna find what we're talking about to be news. And I, and I include that among physicians. I know we have some physicians that, that do listen to this program. And I will wager that a lot of them are gonna be surprised to find out that we've got stuff now that's been working great for you know a couple of decades. This is not something experimental. People go see their doc. We, we see them in the clinic all the time and they ask, what about my ED? And they're told, well, you're old, hang it up. And talk about guys like in their 50s. Or you know, what do you got for me? Oh, I got nothing. Yeah. Or the last even may ask, what about these shots I've heard of? And and they'll say like, well, I don't know much about them. Let's actually defer that conversation for a minute. Let's talk about the orals first. Two years after the, the injectables came out, the little blue pill hit the market. This is a game changer. There's now four things out there that are in pill form, and and
1: these medicines, by and large, are pretty good. Yeah, they're 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 pretty good. Um, the, the the issue is though is. There's a lot of guys that can't take those medications. They're on certain types of cardiac medications, um, or the severity of their ED as such where they're just not strong enough to work for them. Yeah, the stat we rely upon is is is
0: sixty percent. About sixty percent of men who have ED will take your Cialis, take your your Viagra, and 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 they'll be satisfied that you know things are better. But that leaves an awful lot of men that are you know a forty percent, a very substantial percentage that that's just not cutting it. And I don't think the average family doctor out there is really frankly up to speed on this
1: yeah absolutely you know it's sad too because a lot of guys uh continue taking the medications even though they don't work just because there's no other option or they don't realize there's another option out there for them um in their minds you know it's better to take that than have nothing at all at least get something for it even though it's not enough to really have a sex life with
0: so, yes, if, if one has this problem, you, you should ask your physician. And, and we should emphasize, too, that this is, you know, as we talked about at the top of the show, you weren't here for this part, but they're not talking about Internet-induced erectile dysfunction from guys basically masturbating, watching porn, and having problems from that. We, we've, seen, uh, we've seen men as young as 19 and men as old as 94 in the clinic. Most people are middle-aged or, or higher, but we see a surprising number of guys that actually are under 40. It's not that rare.
1: No, absolutely. I mean, you, you have everything from younger guys who, when they were young, had ADD or had uh, depression issues, taking SSRIs for their treatment for that, which causes a, a unique form of ED in them. So we see a lot of guys who are now entering their their sexual prime, so to speak, in their, in their 20s, and they're realizing they're having some issues there, all the way up to guys who who uh, have some severe diabetes and, and, and high blood pressure at a young age, they're experiencing some pretty severe ED issues also.
0: Yeah, well, let's, let's enumerate these. Well, I sure. would say that the number one and number two factors that people uh, uh, that induces ED in people are those that have high blood pressure or diabetes. It's a very, very common side effect. It affects the vessels and it affects the, the, the nervous system both, and th- this, this makes for bad erections. Uh, so that's what we see uh, primarily. But we see an awful lot of guys we have no risk factor. We don't know why. And, and we should note that the SSRIs you mentioned, the selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, very commonly used antidepressants, have a terrible rate of sexual side effects. I don't think doctors are aware of this.
1: No, I mean, when, when one of the most popular medications that are out in the market today has an 80% yes. uh, ED rate, I mean, that's shocking, and nobody knows about this. It's actually, I think it's a dirty secret that's out there right now.
0: And the worst part about it is as far as we know, a lot of these effects may not be temporary. you may stop taking some of these medicines and you may have trouble for months, years, maybe indefinitely, which is which is pretty hair raising
1: absolutely, absolutely it's it's actually really sad. um you know they gave them these medications out almost like tic tacs back in the day at one point felt that everybody should be on them at one time or another and then we're finding out you know 10 15 years after the fact that you know hey we've we've caused a a pretty substantial jump in in erectile dysfunction because of this
0: so 40 percent of guys they're not going to find that the pills are going to solve their problem and if you've been a cancer patient prostate cancer very you know number two killer of of men in this country after lung cancer very common issue, prostatic uh, troubles. And um, if you've had surgery done or radiation done because of a prostate cancer, things are not gonna work after that. And, and sadly, a lot of guys are they're given a prescription for the pills and they go back and they tell their own urologist, this isn't working. And, and you and I have been astonished, I think, over the years to see the number of times the urologist said,
1: yeah, I got nothing yeah abs- absolutely well even even the biopsies themselves can cause a lot of damage, and they don't be prepared for that um it, It's actually pretty sad because when these these patients come in to see us, we're usually the bearers of bad news that the the procedures that your urologist put you through are actually what causing your your problem in the first place and and a lot of times it's the first time they've ever heard of this. they don't prepare them for this
0: yeah, I mean I've been pretty upset, and I think I'm sure you have as well at the number of number of times this has happened it's not it's been a lot where guys have said, i have had had have surgery done. In one case, 22 years earlier, as I recall, and you recall, I think so well, a guy came in in 2010, and his last erection was in 1988. During the Reagan era, 22 years later, he'd never had an erection since the surgery. 22 years, no erections. He came to see us just out of desperation, like, what have I got to lose? And it turned out that the shots were effective. We were able to restore function. And in most cases, we are. Even in the toughest cases, which are people that have had nerve injury from surgery— in most instances, I would say 80%, we can still get things working you know, to their
1: satisfaction. Another caveat to that also is the fact that, well, if a doc treated him in 88, there really was you know, no excuse back then. I mean, there really wasn't anything around for him to offer back then. Yeah. But certainly since then, there's been a lot more well, that, that, that could have done for yeah, him. By
0: 96, Caberjack hit the market, and, and, and we've had injectables ever since. So this man really did go probably 14 years unnecessarily without having a function that should have been restored if, if the docs had been on the ball.
1: Absolutely. And, and as it turned out, the, the gentleman or the patient actually was on a pretty mild form of the medication. He didn't really need a whole lot of help. It's just everything that he was offered before just wasn't you know strong enough or not effective enough for him.
0: And let's turn the clock back too. Not all our patients are 77-year-old men that have had you know prostate surgery. We have men in their 20s. Now, if you look up the definition of erectile dysfunction, and, and, and you should... <laughs> It says it's the inability of a man to maintain an erection sufficient for satisfying sexual activity. A rather large subset of that, which is what we dominates our younger patients, is premature ejaculation. They are not able to maintain uh, the erection long enough to
1: have everybody be happy about it. Exactly. I think what people need to understand, too, is the, the way the injectables work. I should stop you right there to note that we are talking injections
0: if we're talking premature ejaculation because... Men may try oral medications, and that doesn't do anything for prematurity. Our approach has been to treat them using the shots, which which kind of shocks people. But we, we explain to people you're gonna you're gonna have an erection. It's gonna last an hour. You might ejaculate two or three times. Your mission then is to retrain yourself to where you can you know last longer. And you know we lose them as patients. It's usually exactly what happens. Or they're they're successful.
1: I think the average usually 6 to 9 months. Usually they've they've kind of broken the bad habit. They're able to last as long as they want to. Although we do we do occasionally keep some of them around just because they like the effects of the medication. But, you know, it it's it's a pretty astounding thing where, you know, you can prescribe a medication to somebody um if they do slip up and they do ejaculate too quickly there's no consequence for it and usually they they have it pretty much taken care of within you know a, a, a few months time
0: yes to speak frankly they don't care that they ejaculate they care that they deflate exactly <laughs> so we we stop the deflation and all is well so yes if if someone has not tried anything we see a surprising number of people that have they come to see us first they haven't even seen a doctor they haven't tried viagra cialis whatever they come to see us because we're the experts fine we'll, we'll start them out on that and in some cases, that solves the problem.
1: It's really kind of, kind of shocking. I mean, a lot of guys don't feel comfortable enough talking to their own physicians about this. Or, or they may have a female physician. They just don't really have a good relationship with them. And so they, you know, they don't know where to turn. Um, so at least, at least we're out there for them, too. <laughs>
0: and I'm thinking some of the
1: misunderstandings people have. They come in and they say, uh, I,
0: tried, I tried that Viagra, and then uh, nothing happened. <laughs> like they just well did did you try to stimulate? No, I just took the pills, st- stood back, and nothing happened. And we're like, well, that's that's not how it's supposed to work. You need a little help. Eating a bowl of ice cream, watching Gilligan's <laughs> Island, it's not going to come up on its own. No. So, but but nevertheless, our mainstay of treatment is is injectables. It's Trimix, three different components. The number one component is the same thing that's been in, around for twenty years in the Cavarec or the EDEX. It's a good it's a good uh, good medication. But there's two others that go with it that sign to supplement it. And uh, this is not new by any stretch of the imagination. And yet, this, I can tell you, this, it, it,
1: as you well know, this is coming as news to a lot of people. I think what people have to understand, too, is that there's several parameters within this medication we have control over. You know, Like you mentioned, there's three components to it. There's one component that controls how firm the erection gets. There's another component that controls physically how long the erection lasts for. And there's a third component. It's kind of a kind of like a trigger. It kind of gets everything going uh, with the erection process. When we do our testing with the patients, basically what we do is we give them a, a small injection in the office, and we read the response of each one of those medications. Once we establish those baselines for each medication, we can then make adjustments to each component independently. That way, every time somebody uses it, regardless of of their health history, medications they're on, we're able to give them a a full erection, have it last for about 45 minutes to an hour. It's definitely
0: not a one-size-fits-all kind of deal. Um, The reason that there's a try in the tri-mix is, well, back in the days of Caberject, person would get so firm based on the medication but if you wanted the erection to last longer you had what you the only thing you do is add more medicine sometimes that would be that would cause pain and that would cause discomfort so the other medications don't do that so much so that it's a custom blend w- works a lot better
1: yeah in the old days with with caberject and even now with the edex you know you just take more of the medication to, to in theory overdose a, a patient with that component um, like you said, that one of the byproducts of that is, is a severe amount of pain. With Trimix, you use just enough just to get them erect, and the other two components take over and keep them there. So there's no pain, um, there's no discomfort. So if guys have tried caverject, e decks, or things like that in the past, and it didn't work well for them, or they had a lot of pain with it, Trimix is a really good alternative for them. I mean, the punchline to all of this today is that
0: there's help for most guys out there. I mean, most people will receive adequate help to be satisfied, which is which is a total game changer from the situation as of a few decades ago
1: absolutely absolutely I, at this point, realistically, most guys have nothing you know to lose by coming in and at least trying this you know like i said we 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 help the majority of the people that are out there and, and the return Jason to that one size does not fit
0: all uh <laughs> mantra here. um the fact of the matter is that a lot of people in the greater Sacramento area, which is what we're familiar with, they will give people a dose of Trimix. Uh, Kaiser will do so. The Med Center will do so. But their approach generally is, here's a vial. They give them a low-strength prescription. They're given a syringe, and they're told, have at it, fellas. And uh, I just think it's just not how you should do it, if for no other reason than the fact that you know an auto-injector I mean, I've injected a lot of people. You've injected a million people. I, I don't want to, you know, I would not want to inject my own penis with a syringe,
1: period. End of discussion. Auto injector is the way to go. Absolutely. I mean, it takes the guesswork out of it. So basically, what our patients do is they use a device. In a sense, it's kind of like a pin applicator that they load their uh, syringe into. We, we teach them how to load up a syringe with their medication, whatever their dosage may be. Um, they load it into this applicator. They hold it at the base of the penis. They push a button. It's automatic. It does everything for them. Um, they don't have to push the needle through the skin. They don't have to push a plunger. The device does everything for them. Um, the beauty of it is is the area they inject into... There's not a whole lot of feeling there so they don't feel the actual injection itself um, it's very smooth it's really gentle um, they there's no guesswork when it comes to how deep to push the needle it's gauged and metered so that way it goes to the proper depth for each each person so you have a higher chance of success whenever you do give yourself an injection using one of these
0: i'm pretty certain by now a lot of people listening are going to be saying to themselves uh if this thing's so good how come i've never heard of it and that's that's actually a pretty valid question because I think in a lot of cases, your physician is is not up to speed on this. And the fact of the matter is, the drug companies, they don't push it because they manufacture the components of this. But you know, it generally has to be mixed up. You have to do a test dose. You can't just sell vast quantities of it over the transom. So they're less interested than they ought to be. The HMOs are not so interested because they just assume that you know your ED was. Was a lifestyle issue. They just assume not involved in treating that as a medical problem.
1: I think, I think the actual verbiage is it's not medically necessary to sustain life, and that's why they don't cover it.
0: Well, that's you know that's true. We all we all refer back to high school biology, and they learned about how if you didn't if, if your respiratory system wasn't working, you die. If your <laughs> circulatory system is not working, you die. If your gastrointestinal tract is not working, you die. Now now the whole reproductive tract,
1: you won't die. I mean you don't need that to be alive, but but damn it. They don't take into quality of life. Let's, let's put it that way. It's definitely uh, a lot richer life if you're having your sex life.
0: <laughs> I think all of, our, all of our patients would agree with that statement. All right. Well, I think, I think we probably want to end off here. We've said a lot of things uh, we, should, we should put before the public. We'll be doing more of that in the future. I hope that this infomercial, which is really what this is in a way, is, is not going to put our listeners off. Just want to say you've been listening because you find your correspondent to be a person who's trying to be educated and informed. Well, we're still trying to do that. And uh, to that end, we would refer you to our website, Doctors Clinic for Men. We have some blogs on there that go into some details of some of what we talked about. And I think some explanatory videos and materials on there may, uh, may help you. And you can drop us a line there at that website or here at info at All right, we probably should wrap it up here and just sort of, I think, close by mentioning the fact that ED is a matter of degree. It's not necessarily, you know, a black and white issue. And we probably should take some time in a future installment of the show, Jason, to talk about this whole matter of testosterone. People think that this is a treatment
1: for ED, and well... It really isn't. I hope you uh, block off a lot of time for that one because it could probably <laughs> fill up a whole segment on just on testosterone alone. Well, I
0: think that's probably worth doing because people are being misinformed by this. It does have a role to play for some men, but it's being it's being shoved down their throat like this is going to solve their sexual issues and all sorts of issues, and it's just it's oversold. That's all. Jason South, thank you so much for joining this discussion. We we will
1: need to do it again in the future as we continue to educate. Thanks for having me, Doug. I appreciate it. I know we've been trying to do this for a long time. I'm glad we finally got together on this. Anytime you want to have me back, I'd be more than happy to, uh, to come back.
0: We will take you up on that. All right, and our retrospective thanks to Pope Brock, who spoke to us back in 2009. We really can't recommend his book highly enough. Charlatan, America's Most Dangerous Huckster, The Man Who Pursued Him, and The Age of Flim Plam. It's a great read. We didn't we didn't do it justice, I don't think. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. We will see you, I don't know, maybe next week? Soon. We'll see you soon. I'm tempted to say whenever we damn well please. Something along those lines.